you're in for a wild night. <laughs> Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 117 of Born to be Wild, a wild-exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host, as always, Nate Wolf. Um, it is great to be back on uh, another Friday evening here. I was about to say beautiful, but it is 100-plus degrees in Portland, Oregon right now, and uh, I'm absolutely roasting. So tonight, I am going to do the best with uh, no background lights and no foreground lights, and if it gets dark, then uh, my face is going to get dark. So um, it is just absolutely too hot right now. How is it? I'm curious in everyone else's neck of the woods. I am joined tonight by three of my favorite people. That is more than two. <laughs> what? Nailed it. <laughs> I had to beat you to it for, for just once. Um, we are joined tonight by resident lore master Goliath the Dwarf to talk hey. about uh, part one, anyhow, of our um, Castle Nathria lore. There's just too much to uh, to do it in, in one episode without being here for four hours. So uh, tonight is part one. Anyways, long time no see, Goliath. How are you tonight? Uh, I am doing good. Uh, wonderful to be here as always. Uh, you know, I always look forward to when new expansions come out. I get to come on and talk about them. I'm not sure which I like more talking about them and writing about them or actually playing them. It's kind of a uh, toss up, honestly. But uh I've been, I've I've had a couple of uh, real busy weeks lately in event stuff, um, but it's been uh, county fair season in my neck of the woods, and as a local newspaper reporter, that means that me and my team are responsible for taking pictures of the winners of every single livestock competition. Remember, I'm in Iowa. Uh, this is rural country. The 4-H groups are a really big thing around here, mm-hmm. so like, I did not know that so many different categories of cows and ducks and horse riding and stuff existed. Like it, it, it is amazing. The sheer amount of awards that are given out for this stuff. The, and the uh, sheer amount are uh, how many uh, sheep and my skin is peeling from the one time where I was out there for like 15 hours straight and forgot my sunscreen. So oh, <laughs> it's almost all healed, but there's a bit of the white peeling right now. Exactly. Wow. Well, it's always great to have you joining us and uh, excited to hear some more stories tonight. Uh, Hydralisk, welcome back. How is it as hot where you're at as, as it is where I'm at? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, yeah, can you hear that air conditioner in the background? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, re- I'm reporting from uh, the side of a highway or either maybe I'm skydiving or I'm on a speedboat. Like insert windy uh, condition here. But reporting yes. live from a hot bucket. <laughs> yeah, reporting live from a very hot bucket up here in Canada. A. Uh, but as you know, Nate and I are only like a couple hours away from each other. So yeah, it's just as hot here as it is there, and it is ridiculous. And since I don't have central air, I have like four air conditioners in my house. They're just all on, right? Like trying to to keep the house cool. What's kind of cool is I can control them from my phone, like at work. Oh, that's so, cool. Kind of like got all that going. So that, that that's kind of neat. But yeah, no, it's it's bad. 
it's pretty I bad. I actually went for a jog today, which was a really bad idea. Oh, I no. Oh, no. no. Why? I do that on my... Oh, I do it on my breaks. I don't know if I've expressed that to you guys. No, you did, but like... On my lunch, I either do a jog or a walk, but it was... It was like 95 degrees. I'm like, eh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. And I showed up back at work, and my face was like beat red, and I'm just like covered in sweat. And they're like, are you, are you okay? And I'm you, like, you were like... <laughs> <laughs> I almost made a stinky, actually. <laughs> I think that you guys probably accidentally cast Firelands Portal or something. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it. Don't, don't yeah, no. Don't step in the it, flames or something, right? Yeah, it, it, it's hot. It's gross, but I'm, I'm alive. I had the pleasure of going on another podcast recently so this past week i went on the people's champ podcast and so if y'all want to check that out uh it's on all sorts of i mean i listen to it on spotify i'm not sure what all platforms that they have but it was a really good time we discussed our top five favorite decks of all time so Ooh. you can hear what um jordan Vapod, and myself all chose for those and you could also hear me failing miserably at their uh trivia question because I, I really have no idea. You're gonna have to listen to find out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Evangelizing. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. I'm stoked for the show and for the next wonderful I was gonna say human being, but animal you're gonna talk to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, absolutely. So uh welcome back, our very own Electric Sheep City. How are you today? Meowdy. I am fantastic. Uh, you know, it's new expansion season. And in the vein of new expansions, I am happy to announce that uh, my family and the Born to be Wild family is going to have a new expansion here in January. Uh, what? Yeah, buddy. My wife is 13 weeks pregnant and I have the, the uh, clearance to actually like announce things now. So yes! <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, Static Lamb Village just makes the most sense here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Hat actually said, uh, "What was it? Um, Zappy uh, Lamb Town." That's good too. In, enjoy, enjoy your sleep now because you will never sleep the same again. <laughs> Hydra can verify. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but you can try to tell your little lamb to count his daddy when he's trying to go to sleep. There we go. We've been like getting all, all of this like lamb centric stuff uh, for the little kiddo. And so, yeah, so excited. Obviously. That is That's amazing. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm well, thank you for sharing it with everybody also that's very nice of you absolutely can't wait uh and yeah i the other day i kind of like mentioned something and, and armorn was like i think i know what it was and can confirm armorn actually like actively guessed it <laughs> this know, is going to be one of those questions whenever you do that next round of, of trivia about the show on what episode did was the announcement of the birth of the lamb <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first <laughs> 
<laughs> can we can we very briefly sidestep to talk about Aramorn guessing things because uh yes the timing yeah, just see. seems adequate like so so last week we had a um a uh, our our massive mega bundle everything on day one giveaway thing sponsored by Shokunin uh it was amazingly generous it's basically four hundred dollars worth of battle net dollars towards this coming expansion and so the goal there were several goals uh that he had in mind and so um he just sent me the money in via battle.net bucks which is amazing and said hey the, the goal would be a couple of things one to to try to give it to somebody who's part of the community as opposed to some like random person on twitter or the internet or whatever and the other would be to um you know, ideally if they could stream their pack opening or whatever would be cool uh, and it was like, hey, I don't think anyone has ever given done a giveaway of this size before, like with with that amount of, um, you know, packs or giveaway or whatever all at one time. And I don't think so either. Anyways, it, it, what we had done in order to try to ensure that it was someone who was part of our community was to create this quiz full of essentially like inside information, like inside jokes and and stuff like that, that you would really only know, like some of them you could find out if you went back through old podcasts or old YouTube stuff. Some of them, like if you're fairly regular, like, you'd know, because we say the stuff over and over each week. And then some of them are more like, like the true OGs know. Right. And, uh, Deep cuts. Yeah. There, there were a lot that were so specific. Like I've been around here a while and I was just like, Nope, Nope. I don't have the time to try to figure all this out. There's one that nobody got, which I was actually kind of surprised there is. And so, so here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to derail the show too much because we got a long show tonight. But uh, Armorn is the winner. So congratulations to Armorn. We've already been chatting. Yeah. And uh, there was so the, out of 31 questions, Armorn got 30. So I, I that believe- is insane only missed one Amazing. only missed one now there and was to boot everybody missed that one so yeah that yeah. is true everybody missed that one we are going to do a bonus episode uh where we go through all the answers because they're fun it's just fun and i, I think yeah great. if nothing else it'll be good story time uh for for shokunin and uh, but i just big shout out to armorn congrats for winning um our second place actually came in only one question off uh, I just want to make sure it was Mios, uh, but I don't remember the the. Um, yeah, because it was it was like a family, which was really cool. It was it was two people, um, and the names were a little bit different. And I'm trying to find it in the Discord, but anyways, um, yeah, here we go. So yeah, it was Kai Kai and Natalie um, at had 29, which is awesome. And so we actually yeah. we actually had a. Uh, one more mega bundle like floating around and we gifted it to them uh for coming in second which was great i do want to also give a big shout out to armorn who um has has graciously uh shared some of his uh winnings with other other folks in our community which was just incredible and i don't dovetail too much but but it was just a very wholesome uh way to end our week here and um very cool so look forward to a bonus show coming from us where we'll go over all these answers and you, you can hear the, the inside jokes and where some of this stuff came from it'll be fun story time from us excitement yeah. abounds yeah it was that was really fun to put together and even more fun to kind of like see what everyone was guessing um and then just so fitting to to see armorn get all all but the one that no one got which was 
that's fantastic true. we did give i did give away like our score if people were like on the fence with the answer or they were close i gave it to them anyways to everybody and there was mm-hmm. a couple of questions that could have more than one right answer we'll go over yes. them all later but but it was fun and and uh very very pleased with how things turned out so it actually made me think because when we came up with this challenge i was like okay now i like i really want to think of all these cool old questions i can come up with but knowing that we could do this sometime again in the future we could start we got to save jotting them. notes yeah. right uh-huh. like yeah i will say we got a lot of comments that people enjoyed it and it was fun like regardless of like winning or losing that people had a good time with it which was fun so oh it, ma- it makes everybody nostalgic all of us oh my gosh i thought of more as i was like scoring them and stuff and so we will have some ammo for another one at some point um, and and big thank you also to the folks at hearthstone um who gifted us a bunch of codes to give away to people we actually got a whole bunch i think five or six to give away which was incredible so um good times i didn't mean to hijack your your segment sheep you hit legend over this past <laughs> week i'm sorry i heard aramorn guessing things and i was like oh 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 uh squirrel no it was it was a perfect segue <laughs> absolutely um so not quite as far back as finding out uh, about the uh, expansion news. <laughs> um, but uh, gosh, over this past weekend, uh, Dr. BOMD and I uh, were co-oping some uh, Cthulhu, the Shattered Druid, and um, I hit Legend in uh, Wild as well. So yeah, um, did that before the new patch hit. And the new patch, we're, we're not going to get into it. a ton of stuff from that, but uh, there's a known issue where you don't actually get the uh, uh, extra copy from Moonlight Guidance. So like if you get the copy and then you play it, you don't actually draw the copy that's still in your deck. So I'm glad that I hit Legend before the patch because that that makes Moonlight Guidance significantly worse. Wow. That's <laughs> not intended, right? That's a No, not intended. Okay. Well, all right. That's that's good. And then did you yeah. uh, I saw something in the Discord you were posting some pack opening, it looks like. Yeah, over my lunch break today, I opened uh, my pre-order packs as well. So, um, you know, opened a ton of packs there. Got, uh, like, what, three different golden legendaries, which Holy is just moly. unreal. That is nuts. Right? Like, one of them from the golden pack, then two of them not even from the golden packs, just, like, Man. golden legendaries. And they were, like, two or three packs distant from each other too which was just wild wow um <laughs> yeah Do so you- great pack opening um and since the uh change to the upgrade to golden feature there's not really i'm not really incentivized to wait to open them because you know what i would do before <laughs> is that. wait to open packs craft the ones in gold that i wanted to have in gold so that i wasn't wasting dust mm-hmm. well now since there's the upgrade to gold feature if there's anything that i want in gold it's not a waste of dust to do it later so i love that because it really doesn't matter at this point yeah that's great wow so well let me ask right because i i've been saving packs from all those bundles like should i be wait wait to open those well so yeah no, no, no. i will but i was thinking like i wonder if i wait to open everything until tuesday when the new set comes out like would i open then those like the class packs first um, cause like I have everything. So you, you can with both pre-orders. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll open all of the comments and rares anyway. 
And um, I mean, at the very least, you know, I had a great pack opening, like tons of legendaries. And I still have at least one card from every single class that I, I, I still will need to get. You don't so, have the coin instantly? <laughs> not quite yet. <laughs> Did you see Cora's tweet? It was pretty funny. No. Uh-uh. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. And I don't want to derail everything too much, but it was pretty funny. It was about pack opening. So she... Uh, one moment here one mississippi she says i i'm living proof that being a hearthstone dev does not mean your pre-order purchase packs will be good <laughs> oh, no. that's hilarious oh, yeah they have to buy them don't they uh-huh yeah why uh, who knows i wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of a discount no, i don't know so here there's a comment right they might have not been good but were they at least free and she goes no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awful you get what you pay for it was their christmas bonus they get some battle net bucks ouch <laughs> ouch 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 Un unrelated i heard that they were changing some marvel snap stuff but uh we should probably talk about that some other time um <laughs> anyways wow wow this is cool well i've got yeah we we should talk more after the show there's there's so much going on but uh there really is we're doing a lore episode tonight and there's so much here that we've got to break it down into <laughs> two parts let's do our housekeeping real quick and we can jump into things absolutely so for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Let me briefly explain how the show works. We record this podcast live every Friday evening at twitch.tv slash born to be wild HS. And the video version of this podcast is then posted to YouTube shortly thereafter. Audio versions are also distributed to all the podcast apps. So however you're watching, listening, or absorbing via osmosis this podcast today, thank you. Yes you every time i do that it like blurs out my camera that's great thank you all for being here we do definitely appreciate it i thank you so much especially to the people who are hanging out with us here interacting in chat live on twitch um it's always uh really cool to spend friday night with all the friends so very very much appreciate y'all uh wanted to say another big thank you again to shokunin as the executive producer of our show we we jokingly refer to him as the patron saint of wild because he uh has been supporting us from day one um helping us uh you know pay for website and giveaways and stuff like that and this bundle giveaway that he had done uh recently is is just the most generous thing that I've seen in, in ages. So a big gigantic thank you to Shakuna, but also to the other patrons of our show. Uh, your support is very helpful and, and um, we really appreciate you. So thank you very much. Uh, if anybody is interested in supporting us, um, there's a couple ways that you can do so absolutely for free. Um, liking, subscribing, commenting on our stuff on YouTube uh, is very helpful. If you are not Mash aware that like button, <laughs> God, I hate when people say that. <laughs> uh, Especially so, before the video actually starts. Oh my gosh, right? Uh, actually, I do want to plug things real quick, though, because we haven't posted, like, a lot of our YouTube content previously is just, like, it's weekly podcast video, and it's been our listener series um, cast matches. But uh, for those of you maybe not aware, we were invited to participate in Hearthstone's um, theory craft event for... Uh, murder at castle nathria so it was last thursday july the 21st and so we got to stream the uh, event for about what was it six hours we played a yeah. whole bunch of decks and what we did this time was 
we recorded everything and it's all been posted to YouTube, separate video for each deck. Tried something a little bit differently to put like a little little quick highlight snippet in the front and then we explain what the deck is and why why we chose the cards that we chose and then some couple highlight matches. So if you're interested in checking out some of the new cards uh, before they go live next week um, or, or looking for some decks to play, check it out. Um, it's cool. It's uh, it's free. We, we make some jokes and I tried a different format, which I, I enjoy. We got some positive feedback on it. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe you'll like it as well. Uh, trying to think if there's really anything else. We do have some some emotes that you can unlock here on Twitch uh, for free just by following. There's some that you can get by subscribing, which is free if you have um, Amazon Prime. Some fun emotes, and uh, our merch shop is up. So if you go to our website and uh, click through the stuff, um, check it out. Look at the we're all, and I'm wearing this shirt too tonight. Uh, it's uh, hey, there we go. Didn't, didn't want to stand up. I'm feeling lazy but uh anyways that that is enough go to our website born to be wild hs.com we've got links to all the stuff and uh yeah thank you all for everything oh just to plug the discord super quick um check it out again on our website uh born to be wild hs.com if you scroll all the way to the bottom uh there's links to all of our different social things but discord has been uh, an absolute blast we um we share our weekly challenge there. Positive experiences, pack openings is something that uh, now that there's a new set, you know, you, you open something cool in the pack, take a screenshot, you share it with us. We share deck lists, we do co-op and all that fun stuff. So if you're interested in interacting with any of us personally, that is where to go. Okay, on with the show. This is a um, new set coming out on Tuesday. Murder at Castle Nathria. And as is tradition here at Born to be Wild, uh, typically what we would do is the first week like of the new set coming out, we'll do a lore episode. But because the Theorycraft stream was on like a weird day, like we had two weeks between the Theorycraft stream and when the new set comes out, it's not exactly two weeks, but just shy. It was like, oh, well, maybe we'll just do the lore episode in advance this time. So anyways, we're doing one. Uh, there is so much here that we've broken it down into two parts, and I think that this is great because there were a lot of people confused when this set came out. Um, I remember seeing the the comments, particularly on Twitter. I, I know that not everyone is on Twitter, but um, you'll see characters in in this set that are like dead elsewhere. Olgra is is one of them in particular, and it caused confusion for people. And it was like Olgra. <laughs> yeah that one and so i saw these comments on twitter like wait is that the same one and and they're meanwhile they're trying to ship this as like a murder mystery and and they're like oh well if she's actually not dead then maybe she's and like it's like oh no 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 sorry let's 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 rewind like this takes place in the shadowlands like oh well well what's that oh well that's like where they go when they die like what they don't explain any of this stuff right ahead of time and so knowing where all of this stuff fits in really i think kind of changes the perspective of the story somewhat anyways i i don't want to steal goliath's thunder here so let's just jump into it but i wanted to preface that a little bit um so yeah this is the lore part one of the shadowlands and murder cast nathria uh, I do have a map to, to start things out that kind of shows, it's a little bit smaller here, but it shows the different regions, and then we'll get into uh, all, all of the other stuff, the cosmology and, and the zones. But um, 
Without further ado, I'm just going to stop talking and uh, let Goliath do the heavy lifting over here. All right. So, uh, yeah, going to get my Dwarven Lordmaster on here. Gather around, everyone. And like, no, seriously, this is this is what I'm here for. And I love doing it. Providing the context, it does. In this case in particular, this is based on Warcraft's latest expansion that just wrapped up. There's a new dragon-themed one that's coming out uh, later this year. Um, but the one that just came out... Uh, so this is kind of unconventional for Arsenal. At the time, they make themes that delve a bit more into the past, something that's generally at least a couple expansions old or a small part of something. This is a bit unusual that they do something quite so recent as the main theme. So uh, if you haven't been playing World of Warcraft recently, it's understandable that you don't really know what's going on here because they kind of just made a lot of new stuff up and retconned a lot of things. So there's not a lot from any previous lore that you might know from playing the game or whatnot where you could assume that it just leads up to this. So um, this essentially, the Shadowlands, this is... I want to say the afterlife, but it's actually infinite afterlives. It is the realm of death in the cosmology. Uh, looking at the map that uh, Nate has up here on the screen, uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about each of the areas here. Uh, again, uh, for those of you who are listening via Pure Audio Podcasts, as a reminder for these little episodes, we are often very heavily visual here. We have a lot of cards that we're uh, talking about, but uh, we'll do our best to try to describe them so you're not completely missing out here. We do encourage you to watch the visual version, though, if you can. Uh, so for a map that uh, Nate has up here on the screen of the Shadowlands, we have uh, the, in the middle, we have the city of Ouroboros. We have the realms of Bastion, Maldraxxus, Revendreth, Ardenweald, and the Maw. And each of these are like a superpower in the realm of death, you might say. But it's actually infinite afterlives because kind of when working with the lore here and I suppose because every culture in the game, you know, every race or whatnot, they believe something different about what happens when you die. Just like, you know, people in the real world do. And so when you're writing the story and you want to explore what does actually happen when people die, I think that the writers kind of didn't want to invalidate, like, every single culture that they suddenly realize, wow, our whole society and belief system is completely untrue. It's like, can't believe, imagine <laughs> where the story would go to as, like, every race on Azeroth has this uh, complete culture shock, and, you know... <laughs> So what they did was they said that it's all true that the Shadowlands consists of an infinite amount of afterlives and souls are sent to one that is deemed appropriate for them based on a multitude of different aspects. Okay. And um, so, uh, but first we're going to just pull up a little cosmology chart right here to focus on where the Shadowlands fits in in the grand scheme of things. Because, yeah, we're we're going big here again. Uh, we haven't gone quite this big since we talked about old gods. So, uh, right here, uh, we have this uh, pretty little colored chart that is uh, based off of uh, 
the chart in the Warcraft uh, Chronicle book, uh, which is a official lore book. And uh, basically, right in the middle, you have the physical material plane. And then on either side, you have these parallel planes of existence. On one hand, you have the Emerald Dream. Uh, this is the one that's connected with a whole bunch of Druid stuff. Like if you play the Ysera card, you get those Emerald Dream cards. That's the general uh, theming here. And it is basically the realm of life. It's where all that sort of magic comes from. Parallel to that, you have the Shadowlands, which is the inverse. It is the realm of death. And so they are like very opposed, but also very connected together. And that's going to uh, be something that we come back to in a little while. Uh, this chart actually here with the cosmology uh, was released all the way back in like 2016. Uh, and so we had these blurbs about the Shadowlands and no one knew what they were. And so we were all real excited when an expansion comes along, we finally get to know what the heck these things are. That's uh, really cool the way they did that. Oh yeah, they, they planted seeds of curiosity to get people interested for when it came out years later. Um, and so uh, let's move on to talking about uh, exactly what these areas are yeah so, so i've got these this little flag looking sort of thing with the four different zones am i looking at the right thing here just a sec let me yes yes so this essentially uh there are the four covenants that are the rulers of revendreth so uh they, they're essentially large groups, as I said, sort of the, the superpowers that are in charge of managing the Shadowlands, and each has a particular role to play. Obviously, as I said, there's infinite afterlives, but these are the four big ones. Each of them is ruled over by a member of what's called the Eternal Ones, who are kind of like the pantheon of death, who were created by the First Ones, who are like the gods who created gods. It's it's kind of like, uh, if you know Greek mythology, you have like a, the gods were the children of the Titans, who were the children of the primordials. It's it's kind of that type of thing where Blizzard has decided to kind of, that th since a lot of stuff was explained and they lost a lot of mystique about the superpowers that rule the cosmos, they decided to get that back by having, oh, but what about the superpower beings that created those superpower beings? And so we get a bit more of that mystery back again. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk a little oh, bit and I'm about sorry. each of these four. Yeah, so we'll be talking about these four different groups and where they fit in. But also there was one in the middle, right, when we were looking at this. Right, uh, and that's where we're starting here. Uh, because this is where souls first enter the Shadowlands when they die. It is called the Eternal City, Orbos, and it is presided over by a being called the Arbiter. Uh, the Arbiter is the only being in the Shadowlands who has the ability to, in an instant, be able to see everything there is to know about a soul, about their history, their moral choices, their beliefs, their culture, just everything, like everything is unbared so that the Arbiter can make the best possible unbiased decision about 
where this soul deserves to go in the infinite afterlives. Um, sometimes they are sent to a place that is a bit more of their culture, uh, like with uh, the beliefs, like I'm sure that like, you know, orcs are very much about revering their ancestors and they have a very specific type of place they like to go. So many of them probably go there. Um, but uh, others, it's a bit more of a, a personality type of thing, which is where we're going to go for some of these. And others, it's the type of magic that you were attuned to in life will take you a certain other place. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, basically the Arbiter is the one who sends you uh, to w wherever it is that you need to go here. Um, and But then you might have the question that how do souls get to Orbos? And that is where Bastion comes in, which is the first of the main four realms that we are talking about here. And is also uh, where we're finally going to get to talk about a couple of cards. Hey. So Bastion doesn't have many cards that are devoted to it, um, but it does have a couple that we will get to. So, Bastion is the realm of service. It is the place where only the most selfless uh, souls go, uh, those who lived entirely for others. And they are given the sacred duty of carrying souls to the Shadowlands. They're essentially like uh, Valkyries from Norse mythology who would take the, the slain warriors up to Odin's Hall, except like there is a version of an Odin already in Warcraft, and he has his own Valkyr, which he actually, according to lore, uh, he looked into the Shadowlands and saw uh, these beings are called the Kyrian, and he's like, ooh, I like that. I'm going to make my own version of those. Huh. So that's where the uh, uh, the Valkyrie cards come from. They're basically Odin trying to make copies of the Kyrian that work for him. That's funny. Uh, yeah. And uh, the ba uh, Bastion and the Kyrian are ruled over by the Archon, who's uh, this lady that you see here. She is another one of those uh, eternal ones that we were speaking of, the first of this uh, pantheon of death in the Shadowlands that we're meeting. Uh, and uh, they they have their own uh, structure. Well, there are various uh, uh, institutions and positions known as paragons that kind of oversee different aspects. Most of the Shadowlands often have a bit of a, a bureaucratic structure, you know, council advisors, various different versions. We won't go into all the politics of that because we'd be here even longer than forever. <laughs> uh, but essentially, uh, we do have just a few things to talk about with the way that it works. And that is where our two uh, cards come in. We got a Priest Legendary and a Paladin Legendary who are uh, representing uh, some of the main parts of Bastion. Uh, so let's see, which is our first card we're talking about here? Pelagos. Pelagos, all right. So Pelagos is a uh, major character for uh, players in Bastion. Uh, he is what is... Uh, he's an ascendant. Uh, he's someone who... Uh, is working on a path, a soul that wants to become a Kyrian has been determined that it's best for them, but you have to go on uh, various trials in order to be able to really prepare your soul 
uh, because the thing is that you can't have any judgment when you're carrying a soul to the afterlife. That's reserved for the arbiter, who knows best about all this stuff. And so you can't have someone who is biased taking a soul and thinking, oh, I uh, I don't like this one. I'm just going to throw them into the realm of eternal punishment on my own. Uh <laughs> And so that's uh, it's part of the the process. It's about like a cleansing of uh, negative memories. And at one point, they were even that Kyrian had to be cleansed of all of their memories and have no idea of their past lives, which actually created a big rift and a bit of a civil war in Bastion, which is one of the main uh, storylines that you follow in that zone. But eventually, they decided to reconcile and allow uh, ascendants to choose whether they wanted to keep their memories or not which uh, is, is a lot more fair, in my opinion. Uh, and so, yeah, Pelagos is uh, one of those types of characters. Uh, he is a character that, uh, within the game, you can develop a soul bind with, which is essentially meaning that it's it's a mechanic where you can uh, choose him and, like, he gives you some special powers that you get to use, essentially. And they, for each covenant, there's three different characters that you get to use, and he's one of them for Bastion. Okay. Uh, one it thing about like Pelagos... It kind of is, in the sense where it is the... Uh, it, it's... The, the true knowing of each other, but like, you know, everybody's dead. So like, it's not really marriage, but it is that, that very, that extreme closeness about something like marriage and a familial relationship all bound together. Um, but yeah, uh, an interesting thing about Pelagos is that, uh, I guess spoilers for anyone who still wanted to complete the end of the Shadowlands story Spoiler! right now, but uh, Pelagos actually ends up becoming the new arbiter after the existing one is kind of uh rendered uh non-working through various complicated story aspects that we'll touch on a little bit later when we talk about the dark side of the shadowlands but uh yeah but basically at this point in the story pelagos is the new arbiter who has the ability to you know know the souls and send them to the right spot so Pretty major character in the grand cosmological scale of things overall. Can we? But, yes. And can we briefly talk about because there's a question in chat here about uh, Bluther. <laughs> oh, yes. I know we'll get to it later, but I know when they were releasing Shadowlands, uh, and prior to that, there was all these like animated trailers, and mm -hmm. uh, we've seen Uther like, well, blue with wings, mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, what is this now? That's because Uther was one of those selfless souls who was chosen to go to Bastion. Um, now, remember what I said about why you have to have an unbiased Kyrian when they're ferrying the souls? Mm -hmm. uh, Uther is an example of that because um, he was uh, one of the Kyrian who was ascended before he was ready and uh assisted when because he was killed by arthas you know after arthas got corrupted became a death knight and the lich king and all of that and you know it was a whole uh student goes evil and betrays the master type of storyline they're basically kind of an anakin obi-wan thing um but uh uther's uh part of his soul was actually stuck in frostmourne and he was kind of divided and not really all there and all right and out of a kind of confused sense between vengeance and justice, 
uh, he and uh, his um, uh, not sure what the right word here, kind of like your uh, your your mentor in a sense, like his mentor to help him become Makirian, uh, decided that now we're not going to wait for the Arbiter stuff. We're just going to take Arthas's soul and chuck him into the eternal realm of punishment without any actual trial or judgment or anything. So. That that's kind of, but then later on, like Uther gets uh, healed and uh, regrets Uther that decision and everything. Yes, Uther gets it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the blue version of Uther that is him as a Kyrian. Okay, cool. Thank you. Sorry for that, but uh, no problem. Good, no good problem. question. Okay, so we have one other legendary though. But yeah, I mean, forget about all this grand cosmological stuff and moral dilemmas and all that. We're going to talk about the cute owls, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here we have Stuart the Steward. Uh, Stuart is, in fact, an actual NPC in <gasps> World of Warcraft. Um, he's, he's, a, ex, he's an extremely minor one, but he is one of an entire race. Uh, honestly, I'm not entirely certain why they chose him to kind of represent the stewards instead of one that uh, has... A name and is also a bit more involved with the story because there are others but maybe they kind of went to uh, pick someone who had a name and was more minor because they can play around you know as hearthstoney without contradicting anything and look um, at his cute little face that's yes. why <laughs> yes well see all the stewards uh look are these little you know owl-like creatures here and they all yes, are? there is an entire race of them in Bastion. They are automatically created from the anima. Anima is the uh, the soul essence and energy that fuels the Shadowlands. Like everything runs on anima. The air is saturated with it. Machinery in the realms of death runs on anima. Anima is just everywhere. It's going to become very important later on. I was going to say that, uh, and that is. I, I read a dev post that they almost called the new infuse mechanic anima instead. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the yeah, idea. Yeah. When, when something dies, like, you know, it creates anima like, or whatever. Like absorbing a, that essence. Yes. Um, so instead of uh, Van Halen's Panama, we could do <laughs> anima. Anima. Bum, bum, bum. Anima. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. I, I, I just jotted that down. Good, good, oh, good. Put that on the list of parody songs, I guess. Uh, so I saw a quest in in WoW called uh, Stuart's Stupendous Stew. What is that? That is where, where he's from, actually. It's just a small quest where um, he is basically being attacked and you need to help defend him and his stew or something. It's it's a minor thing in uh, WoW, but uh, it is there. And that that is basically his only real appearance, as far as I'm currently aware. So unless he cute. has cameos in other areas. Yes. Steward all the makes stewards stew? are like it yep. doesn't get much more perfect than that. That's incredible. Steward stew, yes. Um, so their whole thing is that they are spontaneously kind of created from the anima as the caretakers of Bastion. They are a combination of artificers that they build things and the the custodians. They help to clean everything up. There's a lot of players in the community who mistakenly get on their high horse and act like, they are an enslaved race, and this is unfair. It's like, no, it's literally in their nature that they're spontaneously created, uh, like, not even created by sentient beings for a purpose. They just pop into existence with this innate 
desire to uh, keep things tidy and stuff, they get depressed if you don't let them do their chores. Uh, it actually takes a lot of persuasion. There is literally a place in Bastion that is dedicated to giving the stewards some vacation time, and it takes a lot of convincing to get them to take some time off uh, from their duties and be able to like go to a party or you know just kick back and relax or something. And they are uh, incredibly adorable, uh, as I said. And uh, you, in fact. Uh, if you become a member of Bastion with the, your character, you get the ability where you can summon your own personal steward that helps you out with things. So, if you like them that much, Sheep, if you ever play WoW and you get to Shadowlands, maybe you'll want to have your character join Bastion just so you can have his personal steward. I shock. I would. <laughs> has presented Dobby with clothes. <laughs> Dobby what? is a free house elf. <laughs> yeah, it's not the whole house elf thing. This is no actual slavery involved, contrary to what uh, many people uh, on social media seem to believe for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that is uh, basically our uh, look at Bastion. It doesn't get the biggest spotlight in this expansion. Maybe more can be visited either in Miniset or at some other expansion in the long distant future. I, wanna I never know. I want a hero portrait. I mean, yeah. <laughs> can you just imagine the, the emotes? They'd be great. Oh yeah, no. I can. <laughs> of a steward. Oh, that'd be fantastic. All right, so let's talk about uh, location number two. We're talking now about Maldraxxus. All right. Now, uh, well, while Bastion is about, uh, it's dedicated to those who lived lives of service, and they allow basically. In reward for your service, you get to keep on doing service for eternity. Um, oh my god, that's terrible. Which, the reward for good work <laughs> is more work? Have you heard that yes. before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. it, when you really think about it, it's not Work, greatest. work. The, the <laughs> assumption with the Arbiter is that only people who are actually really suited to that would, do, would be sent there. Um, but so for Maldraxxus... Maldraxxus is a realm of eternal war because it is the afterlife for people who lived for battle and combat. Like the people who had, like the bloodless who just would do not even like it when peace comes. The great warriors who just like, you were fighting all your life? Did you like fighting? Your reward in the afterlife is to spend all of eternity fighting. Valhalla. Um, kind of Valhalla stuff. The goal is that they are the protectors of the Shadowlands who help to protect the Realm of Death from invasions of any other cosmic force. Uh, there have been invasions in the past from the Void, for example. Uh, there was a time when, uh, well, we'll get into this particular story more next time talking about Revendreth, but there was a time where there was a bit of uh, provocation and uh, the lights ended up having doing some invasion. And uh, yeah, basically if any other 
uh, force on that cosmological chart that we looked at earlier. If that invades the Shadowlands, the whole point of Maldrax is, is that they fend them off and keep it as an independent uh, realm of cosmology. Just like, death takes care of death, okay? Just like, don't you guys interfere. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's divided into several houses that uh, rule over different areas. Uh, there's like the House of Eyes, which is all about spying and espionage. The House of Constructs, which is about flesh, flesh shaping. Um, basically, they create like the afterlife version of abominations. And don't ask me how it works with like they're dead, so they're souls, but they have flesh crafting as though we're still alive. Because I don't understand that part, and I don't know if they've actually explained how that works in the lore. But uh, essentially, there, there's a lot of difference. There, there's like the House of Plagues, which is focused on like like that sort of like you know the undead cards, like the mad scientists and everything. They're often making plagues. This is like super version of that, and so plagued uh, scientist. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, that is where uh, those people go uh, when they die, uh, because it, and it is very green there. It's like the everyone's fighting in arenas and coming up with new ways to kill each other. And um, yeah, it's not it's not a place that I would ever want to go. But uh, that's I, the, the way that works. So who's the, who's the Primus? And uh, let's, let's talk about and Primus. Is it less playful? Well, the Primus. <laughs> The Primus is another one of the Eternal Ones. Uh, he is the ruler of Maldraxxus, and uh, he created a lot of stuff uh, that has affected people. Um, actually, you, you know, the, uh, the Lich King has the Helm of Domination, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and there's all like the, the runic language that uh, the Death Knights have. Um, like, uh, like, you, you know how there's, if you're on the board from, uh, Knights of the Frozen Throne, there's that one area where you can like click and it'll turn like different color runes or something. Oh That's yeah. A, a whole, yeah. It's a whole thing about Death Knights having runic magic. This guy is the one who invented this stuff in the oh. language of domination. Um, and it's uh, essentially something that they made to uh, punish a being who we'll talk about a little bit later known as the Jailer. But then the Jailer was kind of able to take what was his prison and turn it on the world. Uh, so the Primus Slater really regretted having invented domination magic. But uh, yeah, he is the one who created a lot of that stuff initially. And yeah, he is a really smart, wise guy. Like, for, for someone who rules over a realm of eternal conflict, he's relatively chill in comparison. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's he actually, he uh, was missing for a really long time until you were able to find him in the game and kind of, you know, restore him to his former power and everything. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, he um, he's, a, he's a really big ally in the game once you finally do track him down. But he's not in it for a lot of the uh, beginning of it. You, you just hear about him. So if this is the realm of war, I suppose that makes sense why there are so many characters who reside here. So we've got uh, four, it looks like four of our class legendaries who are uh, hanging out in 
Maldraxxus. I these names correct. are so funny. I think like uh Jaraxus and Naxxramas and Maldra uh Maldraxxus. You face Maldraxxus. Right. Yeah, Sorry. it sounds uh, sounds rap worthy. Honestly, a lot of them sound similar enough. You can string them all together oh, for oh, rapid fire. Don't tempt me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> don't. Another parody song. I, <laughs> Nate's the one who's the better rapper around here than me. So I quite enjoy it. Uh oh. All right. Uh. All right. Well, here's our homeboy Kelthuzad. Yeah. Kelthuzad, the, the inevitable. inevitable. So yes, uh, this is representing, as said, we're at a point in Hearthstone where we're used to many different iterations of characters and cards. They're kind of representing different aspects of what they can do or different periods in their story. So um, I believe we've talked about Kalthuzad before here, haven't we? Oh, s- several Our times. Our first one was Skolomance. So uh, th- that was beginning Kel'Thuzad when he's still mm-hmm. like human and everything back at Skull of Man's Academy. This here is Kel'Thuzad after he's died like three times. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's more, more than, than two. Than two. <laughs> I got it! <laughs> <laughs> so as a recap, Kel'Thuzad was initially a human mage turned necromancer who worked for the Lich King. Uh, then he died and uh, was resurrected as a lich by Arthas the Death Knight and Lich King. Uh, then, so that, that's death number one. Then we kill him in the first Naxxramas raid, which, of course, the very first Hearthstone adventure is based off of, uh, and that's death number two. But liches have a phylactery, and so uh, unless that phylactery container is destroyed, they can never truly die. And so he comes back in the second version of the Naxxramas raid, which is in Wrath of the Lich King. And then, of course, because it's a raid, he dies again. So that's death number three. And at this point, his flattery finally gets destroyed, and he's finally stuck in the Shadowlands. Now, you would think that someone who committed as many crimes as Kel'Thuzad did uh, would end up in the Realm of Eternal Damnation, which is the Maw, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, he ended up, whether rightly or if there was a little bit of uh, dark manipulation going on there, it's uh, kind of unknown, he ended up in uh, Maltraxis because of his strong conviction uh, desire to, you know, be able to you know, you create biological weapons and zombies and all that. Basically, like, you're really good at this conflict and trying to beat people type of stuff. So let's put that to use in Maldraxxus, was essentially the logic. Uh, He became a ruler of the House of Rituals, which is all about, like, summoning and liches and all that sort of thing. And uh, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. complete sense with the new card absolutely yeah yes. i was gonna say that's why he's now resurrecting volatile skeletons exactly okay. um now he actually is a major antagonist in shadowlands because he allies with uh some of the other more villainous people big shocker there <laughs> yeah exactly uh so he is a raid boss again in Shadowlands where he's finally killed for good. And he's like, how is the power of death not answering me this time? Uh, and he just, he's just like in complete disbelief that he doesn't get it. He's used to getting another shot every time he dies. So, uh, but uh, yeah, this is 
that's why he's like, I am inevitable. I'm always going to come back. Well, he, you get to the point where he's not coming back again. But uh, yeah, this is uh, really, and it makes sense. You know, again, he is, he was initially a mage in life. And he often is, you know, ice-themed about things. And so it makes sense they make him a mage legendary here. Uh, moving on, then. Uh, who is our next one? We are uh, talking Dr- about... Draka. Draka. Yes, yes, Draka. So... Hey, I, I opened Draka in gold. Nice. Do you know who Draka is? Not yet. Draka? Draka is Thrall's mom. What? Oh <laughs> yeah. So uh I was gonna say, wasn't uh, she in that Warcraft movie? Yes, exactly. Hey, I, I'm impressed that you remember some of those orc names uh from the Warcraft movie. But yeah, yeah, Duradan and Draka were Thrall's parents, and uh they actually died while uh trying to protect Thrall uh from assassins that were sent by Gul'dan because they were opposing the whole orc should, you know, embrace the fell magic thing. And so uh, Gul'dan sent assassins to take them all out. They missed a little baby Thrall there, which is how he ended up uh, getting found by a human and adopted. And that whole story started. But uh, because Draka died defending her child, uh, when her soul went to the afterlife, she still had that fighting spirit. Like, she just wasn't done fighting and so she ended up going uh to maldraxis and became uh the uh assistant um eventually a person in charge of the house of eyes so she was all about the espionage and that's why she's a rogue card right here because she had that sort of vanish in the shadows and stab with the daggers type of thing and then eventually uh, her house actually got sabotaged because Kel'Thuzad, as part of his uh, manipulations, turned the houses against each other uh, in order to, you know, I will rule Maldraxxus type of thing. Rude. And or take its power from my master and all of that. Um, but Draka managed to survive and joined another group called the House of the Chosen. And uh, she is one of your principal allies and guides through Maldraxxus when you play in the Shadowlands. So again, very major character. Uh, She's actually the Baroness of the House of the Chosen, one of the key rulers of that faction. So yeah, she's she's pretty big over in Maldraxxus. She has a lot of pull. Oh, very cool. Well, and big character too. Thrall's mom. Okay. Oh yeah. Huge. Did you just say, oh yeah? Oh yeah. all right we have another very memorable character here that we've seen many times especially lately so um lady vosh is now baroness vosh and has made a comeback we've seen vosh so many times now between like all of the the crazy shenanigans with illidan and outland and then all of the stuff with uh um the uh the the naga and seen her transformation from the night elf into into the snaga and like she has been all around everywhere so how now did she wind up here and uh what is what is her new role ah yes Yep, we uh, get Vosh, and again, this is one of those cases where, as you mentioned, there are characters here who are 
dead elsewhere. Uh, this is why we get to see them. It is interesting when you get to see the characters, some of which, because uh, she was a raid boss, you killed. And then you run into their souls later on in the afterlife. Like, Funny thing not is Not you she, again. <laughs> she has different dialogue depending on whether you completed the raid that killed her or not. So it's like, ah, oh, cool. we meet again. Or if you had, didn't play through that, you're like, what's your story? And she gives a brief summary or something. But uh, yeah, so Bosch is actually... Uh, so, so initially, like I said, um, that Draka is now the Baroness of the House of the Chosen, but she was initially uh, Baroness of the House of Eyes, which, as I said, was all about the spying. The, every house has two uh, Barons or Baronesses, and Bosch is the other one. Oh. So she is the other surviving uh, Baroness of Eyes who doesn't really have much of a house to rule over. But uh, since they're all about the spying, uh, many of the souls that are in Maldraxxus that are about the spying take on this spider-like form, uh, which would have been really cool if we ever got a card with uh, depicting those types of things. But uh, yeah, basically she is a master of espionage in the realm of eternal battle and death. And again, it's like it was, you know, kind of her thing when she was alive, you know, managing forces for Illidan, uh, for Queen Ajara when she served her and all of that. So she just, you know, it, it, it's like when you have that one skill set that you've made it really far in a career and there's not really anywhere else you can reasonably go. Uh, you're, describing, nodding, knowing. you're describing me right now for good or for bad. Uh, <laughs> and so it basically that's kind of what happens to her at death. She's like, well, this is what I'm good at. I got, I'm just going to keep on. And she works her way up the ranks. And yeah, she is, uh, she is an ally, although a reluctant one. Yeah. It's, Actually, a lot of the ones that you kill, th there is a sometimes a let bygones be guy bygones. You know, sure you killed me in life, but you know we're trying to prevent all of existence falling apart right now. So whatever. Uh, so she she's not actually <laughs> overtly hostile. Um, she just kind of needs you to prove yourself to prove that she uh, that you're worth her uh, putting some resources and effort behind. But yeah, yeah, Baroness Vosh. And of course, it makes sense that she is Shaman Legendary, seeing as they made her initial card in Ashes of Outland to be Shaman. I wouldn't say that the character herself is a Shaman, but the types of elemental magic that Naka often wield, it lends itself to the flavor. And Arsom needs a character for every class, so I don't blame them at all for putting her like that. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so then, our next yeah. one, I think, caused some a little bit of confusion for people early on when this was first revealed, uh, which is great, I think, for us to um, be covering, you know, initially what the Shadowlands are uh, before we get into the characters. And so this next one is Ogra! <laughs> yes. So... Um, we've already touched on the uh, story of Olga back when we talked about the Baron's cards. But as a recap, uh, Olga is essentially almost more of a meme than anything in the community because uh, it comes from this one uh, just basic quest in the Baron's of uh, the 
Orc Mangrick, who, you know, is the card that got us all talking about this in Hearthstone in the first place. Helped me find who, my wife. Yes, yes, who helped ask you to help find her. And then as a refresher, what got the quest rather famous and memeable was that it was in the Barrens, which back then was this really huge zone that later got split into a northern and a southern Barrens. But uh, so in this huge zone, back then there were no quest markers. So people were looking all over to find Olgra and... Uh, it became like the thing that everyone was talking about in the in the game chat in the Baron Zone, and so that's how it became so famous. It's this thing that you finally find her body. It's not obvious at all, and so yeah, the quest was kind of infamous for that. And so it turns out that she was killed by a bunch of Quillbor. You go back to Mancrick. He gets all mad, tells you to kill a bunch of Quillbor in vengeance, and he has like a funeral pyre for her or whatnot. Uh, and so. They decided for uh, Shadowlands, while they're exploring, you know what happened to some of those characters who died in various ways, whether we killed them or they died in our arms or whatever. Um, they decided, what the heck, let's throw an Easter egg about Olgra. And so, <laughs> since she's another one who went down fighting against those Quillbor, then uh, they decided to send her soul to Meldraxxus as well. What was that? Another one. <laughs> <laughs> who died fighting <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> yes her and so yeah n no real fancy story she doesn't really have a large role to play in the game but she's a, a fun easter egg and so it, it makes sense they would choose to bring it full circle here in hearthstone since they took the original grameem turned it into a card that everybody knows at this point to like Hey, let's let's just show what happened to her. So for everyone who for everyone who was confused about Olgra, that's why she's here. This is her super powered uh dead uh realm of the dead warrior version. Her diamond card is really cool, by the way. Kicking right. Like goes and yeah. goes out swinging. Oh yeah, big time. It's uh -huh. very neat. I, I like it. And uh yeah, it's not it's kinda of fun when they when they make a meme and, and uh Know, come come full circle with it so yeah all right so we now have covered the bastion and maldraxxus and it looks like we're moving on to uh the arden wield correct so arden wield is the realm of nature in the shadowlands it is actually very strongly linked to the Emerald Dream, which as we mentioned before, they are essentially two sides of the same coin because Ardenweald is all about the cycle of life and death in nature. If uh, it's kind of like the Emerald Dream is spring and summer, Mm -hmm. Ardenweald is like fall and winter. It's like the natural cycle of seasons. You have death and life and rebirth. Ardenweald is where souls go who are very, very strongly connected to nature, particularly wild gods and Loa. So, you know, remember all those Loa cards that we got yeah. back in Rastakhan's Rumble? All of those ones that are uh, animals? This is where they go and why they can't really be truly killed because eventually they come back. Uh, in fact... Uh, as we're going to touch into a little bit with one of the cards, uh, this is where wild seeds come in. 
Uh, it's where the souls go until they have matured for a while, absorbed enough anima, and then they are ready to spend some time in the afterlife until it's time to return to the mortal plane. Um, um, real is, quick di di digression. Uh, right after Rastakhan's Rumble came out and, you know, we learned all about the Loa and that was re really cool um, whenever you guided us through, through uh, so much of that. Right after that, I went to New Orleans and went on a, a history tour and the Loa were like a, a thing that they were telling us all mm -hmm. about right then. So that was really oh. cool to like connect those yeah. two. So I, I know that we just touched Juan base on Samdi the Loa. But... is based very heavily on Baron Samdi uh, and, you know, it's kind of the similar uh attitude is the love of death but there's a bit of the 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 the, the fun trickster elements in there as well um yeah. and yeah it actually born some the 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 gate to his personal uh world of uh the other side which is where uh the troll spirits go as i said sometimes it's your, your race as well born Samdi is the loa of death he particularly takes care of troll spirits um cool. And the gate to that is actually in Ardenweald. Um, and th there is a dungeon called Other Side where you're helping Bon Samdi uh, to uh, help uh, address a more uh, nasty Loa of death uh, hmm. known as Muzala, uh, who was uh, the previous Loa before, uh, before Bon Samdi took on the role. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, there's a connection with Ardenweald right there, too. Um, and it's ruled over by this lovely lady who we have up here, the Winter Queen, who is actually the sister of Elun, the moon goddess worshipped oh. by the Night Elves. Again, there is, and Elun has a strong connection with the Emerald Dream. So again, <laughs> we have the cycle and the synergy. And so this is the sort of thing that very powerful druids will often, you know, have a connection with as well. Uh, and so moving on to our two legendaries who are uh, featured characters in Ardenweald. Uh, let's see, which is our first one? First up is Cecily. Yeah. Yes. So Cecily here is uh, a member of a tree-like race that is known as the Turnin. I think that's how you pronounce it. They kind of purposefully created the language and names of this race to be kind of unpronounceable uh to kind of represent just how foreign they are to our our minds our senses and it's kind of it's another thing that's rather entish inspired from lord of the rings like you know they have their big long language that takes forever to say and they're never hasty it's it's kind of like that yeah. with the way that their names work here but um they are uh true like race named art and wield uh they are a member of a group of various uh creatures that are collectively called the Fey Court, the Night Fey. Uh, they are generally friendly. Uh, they're a quiet, thoughtful, as I said, very end inspired, where they're slow to anger, but they are a terror on the battlefield if you manage to get them angry, uh, which takes a lot of effort because they can shape the land. In fact, that's one of their principal jobs in Ardenweald is that they help to shape the world through like, you know, raising roots and rocks and all of that stuff. 
So they, they are essentially like the native caretakers of the world. They are so ancient and so incomprehensible that even other members of the Fae Court, we're talking like other relatively eternal supernatural beings who live in the realm of death, even some of them don't understand uh, these guys at all. Cool. Very wow. egomatic there. And uh, this is a particular uh, one that does exist in the game. Uh, there's no particular story uh, behind this individual. It's more just like a representative of the race, just one who gives a few quests and is in a certain area near a flight path or whatnot. Kind of like Stuart, just like kind of representing that these guys exist. And this is a minor character that there's not really much we can contradict here. So we're just going to have some fun with it for Hearthstone. Nice. I think that the devs on, on, on Twitter actually said that uh, they chose Cecily specifically because it was the most pronounceable of... <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the Let's make it easy on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, like some of them, it's like like the sound is almost like the sound of a twig snapping or something with the way that it's written out. I'd have to look up to see some of them, but uh, yeah, there are... <laughs> There are some crazy impronounceable ones there, honestly. Mm -hmm. All right. Our other one here in the Arden Wield is uh, Arlon. Yeah. So Arlon is a guy who we actually do have a story for. Uh, he is, again, another member of the Night Fae uh, known as a Sylvian. They're sort of like... Um, uh, satyr like they are you know humanoids with uh hooves and antlers and such and uh he is a tender of a grove uh so arden Weald consists of lots of small groves of trees where the wild seeds are nurtured uh again like you have a soul of say a powerful loa or another uh wild god this is uh the sort of people like scenarius would come here uh just like all all of them uh they would be in these wild seeds and it is the job of a grove tender like arlon to help make sure that they are protected that they are nourished with anima because if the because it's possible to die in the shadowlands and like the type of death where, like, you just don't exist anymore at all. You're you're just anima scattered to the wind. Uh, there's no afterlife after the afterlife or anything. So, um, again, that's why, you know, being someplace like Maldraxxus actually has risks. Um, mm -hmm. But in Ardenweald here, it's, you know, about taking care of it. Um, there's a little problem uh, for our buddy here, though, because... Uh, one of the things that's a story within the Shadowlands expansion is that there's this mysterious anima drought. So, like I said, anima is normally everywhere. It's saturating the air. All the souls are just kind of bringing it. But um, there's this drought, and anima is a very scarce source. And so Arlon here is uh, forced to make a choice uh, about whether to tend his grove or whether to sacrifice it for the greater good and the wild seas that are in there because some of the groves have to be culled in order to preserve mana for, you know, for the, the greater good for other ones. 
And so it's this hard decision that a lot of the night fae have to make. And he ends up joining the wild hunt uh, in order to try to, which is the group here. It's not like the wild hunt in uh, mythology, which is like, you know, the army of ghosts led by Odin that marches on Halloween is, or, or like in the Witcher three or anything, which are really cool, but that's not what they are here. Here, it's just this army of the Night Fae who are working to defend Ardenweald and have to make the difficult decision about uh, where where does the limited anima go. Um, that's now, thankfully, yeah. because he actually abandoned his grove and and joined the Wild Hunt is probably why I, I was thinking. You know, first tender of the grove sounds like a druid card fact that he he makes that Literally tough decision is why he is not a druid card he's in practice card, here yeah, yeah that's cool exactly well the other piece that is really cool is like that explains why the wild seeds start out dormant yeah mm-hmm. right because they're still they're like in their seed do- like dormant stage and they have to oh that makes sense right that's really exactly and here's a fun fact uh one during the quest here you are entrusted your character you kind of make a bond with this one particular wild seed and you're entrusted with caring for it and uh, giving it some anima in order to survive and it almost doesn't make it but you uh manage to get an audience with the winter queen at last which is kind of your (laughs) entire quest throughout all of ardenwild you're just trying to catch up with the winter queen but she's so busy with all of her duties you keep on missing her and everything uh because you need her help with the grander shadowlands storyline um but eventually you're able to get it to her and uh she is able to help save the seed and who pops out it's yasera uh because yasera was killed back in, in, uh, in stuff involving the burning legion and the emerald nightmare way back in the legion expansion and like all things connected to uh the, the emerald dream she uh went to become a wild seed and then so now at this point in the story she is uh connected and basically can't leave ardenweald and so that's where she resides now so uh actually I, one of the battlegrounds skins for yasera is like a version of her in ardenweald if i remember correctly uh so yes i, I love the alternate skins for battlegrounds there's so many cool things oh there's um, so many good ones i wish that we could I, use I can't them. afford them all unfortunately um but uh no, there. I, I did spring for the dragon ones that came out though, because that that was really neat, and the Shadowlands ones. Um, and and and. <laughs> oh wait, there's more. <laughs> there's there's several that I really like the themes. Understandable, of. they're kicking red. Oh yeah, but uh, at any rate, yeah. So uh, it it's feasibly possible that we could get yet yeah, another version of Ysera at some point that is like Ysera, you know, Warden of Ardenweald or something. And they could have done, who knows that there's lots of directions people could go for mini sets. Uh, and so there's a whole lot of Shadowlands characters that are, have played major roles that are not cards here. Once we're talking about today and ones that we're going to save till later, but um, yeah. So Ysera has a thing here and uh, it's possible at some point in the future, we could get a card reflecting that. Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, I think we're going to take a brief detour, call it an, an intermission, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of uh, druids and the Emerald Dream and uh, all the connections between that, um, happens to work out quite well with the the song that I cooked up for this week, actually. And with Sheep having just recently uh, the the deck that you got Legend in, correct? Absolutely, yeah. That uh, Cthulhu the Shattered Druid runs our very own Guff, the hero mm-hmm. portrait or the hero card. So. Uh, without further ado, <laughs> so good, so good. I have not heard this yet. Um, I, I, oh well, you're in so for good. a treat, right? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, here, here it goes. Here it goes. Magic toad run, beloved and adored. He frolicked plaguing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. All the Hearthstone players loved that druid god for raising mana caps so high and giving nature buffs. Oh god. The magic torrent, beloved and adored. He frolicked plaguing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. Got the magic torrent, beloved and adored. He frolicked plaguing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. With his friends he traveled. Rebuffing all attacks From Barrens down to Stormwind And at last to Alterac They fought and beat a dragon And made a Naru hole With elves a human dwarf unknown A Draenei or control Oh God, the magic Tauron Beloved and adored he frolicked playing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. Got the magic torrent, beloved and adored. He frolicked playing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. A story lives forever, but cards go out of style. And soon enough, a good friend Guffy rotates into wild. But friends can always visit, returning there to play. So Guff, that friendly druid, will not ever fade away. He'll always have his love for squirrels, always protect his friends. Always promote all life and growth with card draw mana blends. As hero, minion, or quest line, his synergies expand. Trees or creature, alliance, horde, he'll always lend a hand. Oh, up the magic torrent, beloved and adored. He frolicked playing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. Got the magic torrent, beloved and adored. 
He frolicked playing with his friends in a land called Kalamdor. Holy Peter, Paul, and Mary, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very Funny, nice. I, I got the idea for this one because when I was doing the uh the the Druid song a while back, then I stumbled on a Peter Paul and Mary uh, version of it on YouTube, and that led me to Guff. I'm like, oh yeah, that one would work really well with a similar theme. <laughs> so I just that's made that. Great. <laughs> well done. Nice. <laughs> Thank I you. Love it. Instant classic. I love it. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, speaking of things that people love, uh, let me tell you that the next one uh, covenant that we're talking about here is my personal favorite. This is Ooh. the one that I had my main character join in Shadowlands uh, because I absolutely love the aesthetic. And it's the main one that we're focusing on in the set, which is... Uh, if you had to pick one to focus on the set, I'm really stoked that they decided to talk about Revendreth. So, Revendreth is essentially, it's a bit of a purgatorial realm here. So, the Maw is the realm of eternal damnation where the absolute worst of the worst go. But Revendreth is a chance for people to avoid getting thrown into the Maw by uh, atoning for their sins. Uh, a lot of the time it's about getting that pesky pride off of them that, uh, you know, you know when you're really proud of something and you refuse to admit that you've done anything wrong? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the first step in being able to uh, cleanse uh, prideful souls so that they can uh, finally say, hey, I was wrong to commit absolute genocides and uh, maybe I should, you know, try to atone for that or something like it, it takes <laughs> a lot to get those souls to have a chance of doing that. But the ones who are up to the task are Sire Denathrius and the race that he created in his own image called the Venthyr. And the whole place just has this awesome you know like gothic uh vampiric uh castlevania right. aesthetic it's, it's so that i just love yes it is amazing um uh, and uh so yeah they are uh focused on the uh purging of sin and uh, uh harvesting anima through it they're masters of anima extraction that's generally the uh, therapy that is used to motivate the souls to, you know, maybe uh, uh, not think quite so highly of themselves. They're put through many different forms of uh, uh, learning humility, like uh, being hunted through this uh, forest and everything. Remember, it's only like people who've done really messed up stuff who go here in the first place. Um, so theoretically, it's all for their own good. Uh, however, Denathrius kind of fell to the dark side at some unknown points in time. And remember I mentioned there was an anima drought that was going on? Um, he kind of artificially caused that by hoarding all of the anima for himself and pretending that there's just this scarcity. Um, and because it's all part of his bigger plan and allying with the jailer down in the maw um because what denathrius wants is to 
free the jailer from his imprisonment down in the Maw, and together they will conquer, uh, re- reshape all of reality to where death is the only power that matters. And uh, you know what's even crazier? Denathrius is responsible for indirectly the creation of the Burning Legion. What? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Please explain. <laughs> so you may recall that the Burning Legion was created by the fallen titan Sargeras uh, after he had this whole run in about learning about an old god infested world and freaking out and deciding that it's better to just burn away all of creation, to burn away all corruption, and maybe it'll grow back someday. But a dead universe is better than a corrupted one. The thing is that Sargeras was influenced to discover that old god-infested world that freaked him out so much, and first learned about the Void from the Dreadlords, the Nathrezim, who were initially created by Sire Denathrius, Nathrezim Denathrius, as the race of the ultimate infiltrators. I kid you not. He had this whole 40 chest game about the Nathrezim first uh, provoking a fight with the light. As I said, there was a time where the light came in and uh, invaded the Shadowlands. That was because um, they discovered that the Nathrezim had been sent to infiltrate and spy and sabotage them. So they've retaliated. Um, because of this, in order to appease the light, the, the Nathrezim were exiled from the Shadowlands. But that was all part of the plan, because then they ended up getting exiled into the material plane, having their own planet and everything, and then kind of getting to the fell, becoming demons, and influencing Sargeras to have the whole Burning Legion. Basically, all of that stuff was ultimately all a part of Denathrius's plan. He is like ultimate 4D cosmic chest here. And he's so also he thinks boy- big. Yes. <laughs> I should point it sounds out, like the plot of an Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> He's also voiced by Matt Mercer, so uh, that'll do it. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So uh, talking about some of the characters here, we of course have Sardanathrius himself, who is our big. I would say he's the poster boy, but he's more like the painting boy of the uh, expansion here, right? Uh, and I, I get what you did there. we literally have a car that's eerie painting there is like a picture of himself and everything um but then we also have uh one of our warrior legendaries who is his sentient flying sword named remora uh and yeah this animated sentient weapons thing is just a thing that fenthir have they're actually all over Revendreth, but uh, his is uh, particularly powerful, and uh, Remora is bloodthirsty. Like, I don't know whether she was initially like that from her creation, or whether it just rubbed off from being around Sire Denathria so long, but she's like, oh, master, please let me cut them to ribbons, and she just, like, revels in it all. Um, and so, yeah, it's a weapon that's a character as well. And I think it's really clever how they did that uh, by translating into the mechanics of it being both a weapon that you wield and a minion is like, you know, a character on the board and everything. Well, and I, and then, 
I was gonna say I heard that Renathal had one as well, but if you say all yes. the Venthyr have them, then maybe it's... well, I, not all of them do, but there are other ones that exist. Okay. They're probably not as powerful, but yes, uh, Prince Renathal has one, and uh, unfortunately, her name is slipping my mind at the moment. I'll but, look it uh, up while you're while you're looking. But we will get. So we're not going to cover too deeply uh, some of I think the Revendreth characters and cards like i think we're the plan was to save some of that for the next part right so we're, we're just doing a brief overview of reverend jeff for the sake of giving a complete uh map of the shadowland powers here uh to provide a good backdrop for when we go into all this later on um so all you need to know now about renathal is that he uh knows that denathrius is up to no good and uh, he he's actually one of the original Venthyr who was first created by Denathrius. Uh, there's actually many Venthyr who are souls that after they completed their um, uh, their re their reform, uh, that they have the ch the choice of moving on to another afterlife or staying and becoming a Venthyr themselves to help you know other souls. Uh, and uh, there are many who are like that, but. Uh, Renathal is one of the original ones. It was like, uh, you might almost say he's like Denathrius's oldest son in that sense. And so it's the kind of that classic story of the more uh, virtuous. It's basic. I mentioned this in a, uh, a day or two ago. It's basically the Castlevania Alucard story where you have the more uh, virtuous uh, vampire-like character who is using his powers against his father who is you know uh, kind of like uh Nathus is a little like dracula in this case uh and nice. so that's essentially all you need to know about these guys right now stay tuned for part two for more details uh the sword by the way is vorpalia vorpalia yep uh probably named after the vorpal blade from the famous jabberwock which of course we have our shutterwock and uh the Bandersmosh uh, cards. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Love it. Maybe we'll get her at some point. Who knows? Hey. Uh, okay, so you were talking uh, about the yeah. Maw, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut back very briefly to the the map of this whole thing. And so you mm -hmm. talked about these um, locations. So the Maw you mentioned is the one where the bad people go, right? Yes, the the unrepentant worst of the worst are the ones who are. Supposed to be sent to the Maw. Uh, the <laughs> they all try to escape all the time? <laughs> well, the Maw is designed that no one ever escapes it. Oh. Um, in fact, the jailer uh, who is uh, there, uh, who I initially mentioned the Primus created the language uh, magic of domination uh, to uh, exile him there. He was actually, a re his real name is Zovald. And he was the original arbiter. But so back when all things started, he was the one who decided which souls went where. But he became obsessed with gaining ultimate control and remaking reality for, again, kind of similar to Sargeras, what he saw as like this broken universe that can't survive the greater threat or whatnot. And uh, the type of person who becomes obsessed, it doesn't matter how many people I have to first into eternal suffering, I must fix the universe. And so all of the other eternal ones who uh, rule these other areas that we just talked about turned on him and exiled him down into the Maw. 
Uh, although some of them are wondering if Denathrius might have even been working with him back then. There's there's little hints where he says things like, you could have shown another way. There's so much we could have done together. And you don't mm. know if there's a little doublespeak there or whatnot. They're like, I was with oh. you all along. You blew with a cover. I'm keeping my cover here. Um, but yeah. And so oh. uh, what happens is that the Arbiter gets broken, like, because they made a new one after Zoval was exiled. And so, uh, because of all that, every soul is going down into the Maw. The, in, the innocent and the guilty alike. That is the big thing that you're trying to fix and stop the Jailer. That's the reason that your character goes to the Shadowlands in the first place. Uh, and so I all of those souls are making the jailer stronger and the mom more powerful. I see. I forget. Sorry, before we, we get too deep into that, I forgot we had a couple other things from uh, Revendra, the Countess, the Harvester, the Stone. Yes, Knight. yes. I apologize. I, I skipped ahead a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, well, it's all tied together. Because uh, as, as I mentioned, there are uh, Venthyr that uh, Sardanathorus created, and then there are others who have kind of taken on other roles. It essentially has uh, a council of ones. As I said, there's bureaucracies and stuff for all of these different factions here. Uh, but these minions are some of the ones who are entrusted with a portion of power. Every one of them is given a uh, medallion that is like their badge of office. And as uh, Denathrius's power infused right into it. Uh, and so the Countess, the Harvester of Endy, and the Stonewright are all uh, members who have those official positions. And uh, so they are players who cannot either become allies, enemies, or somewhere in between during the story where you're working to overthrow Denathrius, because uh, there's some who are fanatically loyal to him and who you have to remove and find replacements to fill the office. Uh, and there are others who you convert to become allies. Um, but yeah, that's uh, something that will go more into individually their stories. Um, whether there's a lot or a little to talk about. Again, that'll be a part of our deep dive into Revendreth and the Castle Nathia raid that a lot of these bosses are based on. Cool. And then the last thing I have here is the Stoneborn General in terms of Revendreth. Right. Yes, yes. That is uh, something that's uh, important to know. Again, we'll go more into it later, but uh, just a bit of explanation about the Stone Ride and stuff. So basically you got this whole gargoyle aesthetic where they create uh, these uh, soldiers out of stone and infuse them, bring them to life with anima. Again, anima is used for everything here. So um, that is just where all of them come in. They play a very key role, both, you know, some are allies, some are enemies uh, in when your quests in Revendreth. And yeah, that's uh, essentially the rule that these cards are here for there's a few of them so i figured it'd be good to get that explanation uh taken care of first in case people are wondering what's with all the gargoyles it's very it's, castlevania it sounds, yes. yeah it sounds like a lot of the uh, characters in the shadowlands are animaniacs <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, there's zany to the max <laughs> that was good that was baloney in our sex <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder if there's karaoke of that song. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way there isn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
We have a few more things to talk about. We're almost at the end here uh, for our very brief overview of the Shadowlands. But uh, there's a few um, outlier uh, visitor races that have come along here. Uh, they are the Brokers and the Devourers. And they don't really necessarily belong in the Shadowlands. They come from outside areas, but they're here anyway. All right, so, so here's the brokers uh, up first. Right. And so the brokers are from just an entirely different realm of existence. Uh, they are not native to the Shadowlands at all, but they just traverse the cosmos and multiverse and whatnot type of things. Uh, they are like the extreme... Uh, like like you know how uh goblins are obsessed with everything being for profit and stuff right brokers are goblins on steroids huh. cosmically um so yeah they're all about like acquiring everything they are much like you know the goblins are divided into their cartels uh there are like the different you know uh trading groups and everything it's even a part of their name the uh the trading clan that they're from is uh so let's see what is uh this particular's name again this is artificer, uh, artificer. uh zymox if i'm pronouncing right. that right and so so that zymox part i believe i believe in his case it's the zai he's from cartel zai uh and that's the the part of their name there so it's always that some part of the name indicates what cartel they are with um and so we'll go more into this guy specifically later on. He is uh, a raid boss in uh, uh, two raids, actually, in the Shadowlands, including Castle Nathria. And, uh, and the whole thing with uh, the relic cards, it, it all plays into there, actually. We're not going to get into that now. All you need to know now is that um, the brokers are uh, the characters who are Essentially, uh, they're all the vendors in Oribos because most denizens of the Shadowlands have no concept of trading with like mortal money and everything. And so the brokers are like, oh, we know all about that. We're happy to be the ones that you buy all your crafting supplies from huh. and repair your gear and send you on quests uh, in order to get things that we'll pay you for. And they uh, basically fulfill all of those functions because. No one else in the Shadowlands, these cosmic beings, don't really understand that. <laughs> they also teach you all your crafting skills. Uh, and, and uh, you know, because, like, why would people in the Shadowlands, when their souls, know about tailoring? So, <laughs> yeah, they, they just fulfill all of those goals there, those uh, game services. Uh, and they uh, can be antagonists, or they can be really useful, but the Devourers are nothing but antagonists here. Uh, these guys are literally <laughs> just gorging themselves on anima. Uh, they just flip in from some parts unknown uh, to through tears in reality, and uh, as though the anima drought caused by all the souls going to the mod, Nathrius it hiding all of the mana wasn't bad enough. These guys come and they just consume everything. And so there's a few areas in almost every zone, I think. Uh, maybe not Maldraxxus, I can't remember. But uh, where there's some areas that are just infested with these 
uh, anima gorgers, and uh, you have to uh, fend them off in various different ways because they are in a world where everything runs on anima and all the souls are made of anima. Uh, and if you die here, you're just anima and you don't come back. These guys are extremely dangerous. Um, and so there's a few cards. Again, we also have a legendary that is a, another raid boss that we'll talk about later on uh, in the sequel to this episode. But uh, yeah, that is the deal with these guys. So the few cards, if you're wondering what those are, they don't belong here either, but they are here. <laughs> and I think that is about all the main cards for I us to I think talk that's about. the main cards, but we were going to get into the um, the class spells a little bit. Right. So uh, something that is really cool that uh, I appreciate that they did. So um, something and this is something I'm actually thinking of maybe writing a lore guide about at some point that a lot of class spell cards in Hearthstone are the names of spells that either currently or at some point are class spells in World of Warcraft, Uh, like... um, Things like uh, Ritual of Doom as a Warlock. That's an actual spell. Uh, it's an ability that you have as a Warlock. Uh, just pulling off the top of my head there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, in Shadowlands, every class has a different unique ability you get depending on which of the four covenants you choose to join. Because yeah, there's this fun part where you do like a general story quest through all of them, but then you choose one that you're going to specifically work for. You get some exclusive quests experiencing on that character that you don't get on other characters to join other factions you get some cool exclusive uh armor that's all themed off of it which is honestly one of the main reasons my character joined revendreth because i just wanted the really really cool armor um, <laughs> it's a valid like reason <laughs> exactly yeah. uh-huh. thank you i'm glad you think so um but uh yeah so what they did here is for each of the classes in hearthstone they chose a spell to represent one of the covenant abilities that you get now it's not representing all of them of course because every class has four different ones but all of these are actual real life abilities that you get uh, depending on which covenant you choose to join with that class so let's see what are some of the examples that we have here uh, the Demon uh, Hunter has a sinful brand, which says it's a, a Demon Hunter Venthyr ability. Mm-hmm. Um, Druid has Convoke the Spirits, which is a Druid Night Fae ability. Uh, the Hunter has Wild Spirits, which is a Hunter Night Fae ability. Uh, a Mage has Deathborn, which is a Mage Necrolord ability. Uh, Paladin has Divine Toll, which is a Paladin Kyrian ability. Uh, priest has Boon of the Ascended, which is a priest Kyrian ability. Shaman has Primordial Wave, which is a uh, Shaman Necrolord ability. Rogue has Serrated Bone Spike, which is a Rogue Necrolord necro ability. Warrior has Conqueror's Banner, which is a Warrior Necrolord ability. And finally, uh, the Warlock has Impending Catastrophe, which is a Warlock Venethyr ability. Oh, yeah. Don't think that the puns are reserved to Hearthstone alone. WoW gets on that as well. Oh, imp, the imp puns imp are everywhere. Pending catastrophe. Yeah, that's pretty yes. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I just that think that's so cool that they quite they, impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, and it's quite inevitable too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the warrior legendary characters are in the art for these spells also. So you can, I mean, if yeah. you look at them, you can see them in the background, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, we get the same with a lot of like, you know, Pelagos is a uh, priest legendary and he's in, uh, this card here for the priest. A I love it. Spell, I so. love it. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. And then uh, one other thing that we wanted to talk about a little bit are uh, just explaining some of the hero skins that have come out and are coming out uh, that are very Shadowlands themed. Yeah, so here's let's let's do the old ones first. So these are sure. already out, right? So we've got uh, this was a bundle, I believe, or you could probably buy them individually. So there was a Demon Hunter, Druid, Paladin, and and Warlock skins. Uh, mm-hmm. This is where you get the Bluther skin, which yes. is. Uh, Shadowlands version we talked about earlier in the show. Right. Luther gets it. <laughs> yes. Um, and that is the only one that's actually like an actual thing that happened in the story. So that that's accurately depicting, you know, Uther as a Kyrian. The other three here are just continuing the Hearthstone fun what if scenario. So uh there is no Illidan as a Venthyr. Uh, is that what is that what he's supposed to be there? Event theory. Yes, that makes yeah, sense. There, there's one representing each of the covenants there. Uh, so uh, you have the Venthyr Illidan, uh, and so you have the House of Rituals Gul'dan. Uh, I love the description there. It's like uh, unwilling to repent for all of his wicked deeds after death. Gul'dan just decided to continue doing more, more, more of them. <laughs> House, of, <laughs> House of Rituals is the one That's that Kalkuzad is in charge of. So. You know, it, it, <laughs> they're cool with him doing all the wicked stuff. Um, and then the uh, one uh, for Ardenweald is a Malfurion. Obviously, mm-hmm. Malfurion is not dead yet in the story. Odds are he probably would go someplace like Ardenweald. But yeah, uh, yeah for, for this art, it's just the what if they kind of meshed Malfurion with the Winter Queen uh aesthetic there i so. love it I, that's one of my favorite skins actually mm-hmm. it's super cool yeah i i do want to i'd love to get a hold of the uh bluther and the house of rituals Gul'dan. like i i i love collecting uh versions of Gul'dan for some reason and that was just really creepy and really cool i love it all right so here's yeah. some new ones though and i don't know anything about these so first up is garrosh this is one of the brand new right. ones uh so garrosh yeah, the is- chained this is the main one that I wanted to talk about, in fact, because this this one is actually a key part of the story that we haven't touched on. So, um, as I said, in Revendreth, they extract the anima from uh, the prideful, the unrepentant souls. And Sounds uh, like Garrosh. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. While the drought is going on, the drought, um, they literally describe Garrosh as a as a reliable workhorse because he is so filled with pride and the refusal to ever admit that his genocide was wrong that he is just this constant anima farm that they just keep chained up and torture the anima out of him and he just keeps producing it more and more because he just has an endless a pride and ego uh and so much self-righteousness about orc supremacy and whatnot so uh, oh uh, garage yeah and he doesn't <laughs> repent ever like oh, he, no. he, you see him go out 
in a raid while he's being tortured in the Maw. And his final words are that, you know, uh, and not that coward thrall as like, wow. He goes out completely. N nope. Never change, Garrosh. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> some people uh, complain. Some people complain in Warcraft. It's like, oh, all the villains get redemptions and everything. That's not realistic. Well, Here's Garrosh for you guys. He went out completely uh, no longer existing. Very consistent. Not repenting <laughs> once. You got what you wanted. That's There's a villain funny. that's like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, so that's representing him in his... Like you see the anima just being leached off of him in the portrait. Yeah, there. yeah. And in-game in it animates too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's the main one to talk about, but then uh, we have some nice uh, alternate depictions with uh, two other hero cards. We have a Kelthuzad, who um, uh, you'll see he has like a little uh, slime kitty right there. I'm pretty sure that's a reference to you know, like the Mr. Bigglesworth and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, What's the um, name for it though? They have a they have a name yeah, for it. So so there's a, an alternate uh, Mr. Bigglesworth um, skin for uh, battlegrounds uh for that one and they call him uh, i think it's jigglesworth yes. <laughs> let me jiggle jiggle <laughs> yeah so uh actually the slime constructs are actually a thing in the uh, maldraxxus they're made by the house of plagues and uh yeah they are like you know you have the bones and and like little cat ones actually exist in the game what <laughs> yeah, that that that's a thing. So entirely reasonable that he'd have one. There, well, oh, it looks exactly <laughs> like it too. Oh my gosh! Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. Uh, that's very cute. They're strangely adorable. Yes, I want. They're, they're just one. slimes around skeletons. <laughs> it's a jelly cat. Oh. Oh man, but that that would be an interesting cat cam for the stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay, and then there's one more. Uh, sorry. Uh, Lady Vosh is the other one. Right. Again, uh, nothing particular. Yeah, nothing particularly new or unique about this one. But again, like she is, you know, being depicted as her Baronish Vosh version, and it's neat to have another chance of getting a a Vosh skin. Of course, she'll be for shaman and whatnot. <sighs> but for. You know, people like me who uh, missed, uh, you know, didn't get, to get the pre-order of Ashes of Outlands and like, you know, eventually they, they cycle back. Like as we're recording right now, they brought Lazul uh, available for purchase again for a limited yeah. time. And I was going to say, so, like, yeah, I heard there was some back in the shop right now. Yeah, Lazul and Mayev are currently back in the shop as of our recording. But um uh, this this is uh, another version of Osh that it's you know nice to have a shot at her and personally I think it looks even cooler than the uh, original Ashes of Outland version. Oh, so, I agree. Uh, it looks very cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, just her in her uh, bareness of uh, Maldraxxus version. Nice. And that's about all that we have for uh, this installment. Uh, as I said, next time we will focus more on in-depth story of Revendreth, because that's where the majority of the cards are. Uh, we'll talk all about even a lot of the cards. Some of you guys might be wondering, what are these weird-looking dredger things? What's that red smoky horse? What are the big uh, brutish things that are called the biggins? We'll talk about all of that uh, when we delve big deep. Mm-hmm.
But this is all we have time for for now. We covered the the basic structure of the entire realm of death. I, I think that's enough for one night. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's not a, a light or small topic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good times. Thank you so much for your storytelling. Like, I love hearing about this stuff. And when we did um, the Sunken City. I, you know, I did kind of a deep dive into the lore and I just did not mm-hmm. do that this time. And so I had a great time actually like trying to like getting to learn about it and hear about it all for the first time. It was very fun. I, I enjoy it very much. And I appreciate all of the, the work that you put into uh, preparing for it. As so, always my pleasure. We will oh, have our to, pleasure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right very now. I, so. I wonder, and we'll have to talk about this offline or, or whatever, but like, if there's enough here or any ideas to make for a um, listener series season six. You read my mind. I was just thinking about that. And I think that there is a lot of potential here. At the very least, we could extend it out to the Shadowlands in general, but there might be enough just in the Revendreth. We'll see. The Castlevania aesthetic is like one of my absolute favorites, like (laughs) absolute favorite, like, we were talking about this before the show started, but like we were up playing Castlevania and like this was this was Goliath, you know, Rivendreth and, and the uh um and everything. It's just super cool aesthetic. I big fan I love as it well. Because I've been playing the the OG NES Castlevanias. I've been going through those in the last like couple weeks here, so it, it just all fits for me too. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's super cool. The board is out now. You can play with it. It's like littered with weapons, which is very funny. It's it's they it's a big nod to to Clue. I have not found any secrets on the board, so if anyone finds yeah, any, same. I, I don't either. Some of them are just have them more well hidden than others. Some of them they just put more stuff in than others. I don't know mm-hmm. which is which. If I someone love, pops love, over the whip, I will laugh. Very <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> I love the ones where you can play music most of all. Yeah. Like the uh the old dear one or on Goro or whatnot. But uh yeah, so like there's a lead pipe there and a candlestick and all of that. There's at least funny little nods. And I am really curious to see uh where they go in terms of uh the hearthstone original story for all this because obviously they're taking it in a uh different direction merging up with this clue aesthetic and bringing in murloc holmes who was previously just a little uh a fun little battlegrounds treasure and everything so uh and of course they brought rathom in who is a hearthstone exclusive and uh yeah i we'll talk more about the actual story of reverend dreth later on but i am just really curious to see what the what the hearthstone version does with it right yeah we we can trust them to make something enjoyably zany that all i'm sure is it appropriate now to guess or predict at the mini set or would it be better to wait until we've revealed more of the uh revendreth story um i'd say we we can talk a little more now we might we can maybe uh go over it and uh, make some edits after we talk about everything else but I'd say right now, in terms of mini set, there are a few key characters, as I mentioned, that are not currently present. Um, one of them is a uh, Venthyr who is uh, doesn't have a card right now, but is a major uh, role. Uh, she's called the Accuser. 
Um, and there's a couple other major characters who are your allies there with names like uh, General Draven and Narya the Mistblade. And it's like, they're, they're, if they're going in all on the Revendreth stuff, there is like a lot of ones that are missing here. Uh, but as I said, there are also lots of characters from other Shadowlands things that could play a role. My current thinking right now, not really having very much to go on, is that the mini set could, because there's the strong connection between Denathrius helping, secretly helping out the jailer, and the whole thing is that like all the anime storing is to empower the jailer and go down into the maw. So potentially we could have something related to the jailer and the maw as a mini set. Mm. Just thinking of something connected because they tend to do a what's the next step type of thing here. Um, so that's my current working theory. But I think we're going to have to wait to see more evidence about the direction they seem to be going in with their story of uh, what would be the follow up. But it's gonna be something shadowlands related because it's it's yeah. way too big for them to suddenly decide out of nowhere to step outside of the theme of of the shadowlands for the mini set right right the jailer is all that i can say now the jailer is he would so be an awesome cool legendary. if if uh yeah yeah i would love to see it as a skin and a legendary and whatever mm -hmm. else they want to do it that would be really cool well he's cool when he has his armor on uh have you seen any pictures of him without his armor oh gosh uh oh no <laughs> no i don't want to see a naked jailer because <laughs> uh he is uh a lot Clip less that, intimidating <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me did you see the clip for uh oh, he still looks kind of scary not not as much but but i think he'd look better with a beard yeah yeah hair. did you see the the clip from the uh i think it was our <laughs> evolved evolved shaman uh mini set or uh evolved shaman uh what do you call it? theorycraft event go go click on that that that's wonderful <laughs> oh wow so good anyhow uh mini set that would be great yeah all right, well, we've been at this for just just shy of two hours, so maybe we should uh, wrap it up a little bit here. We've got um, yeah, we have some challenges to talk about. Don't yeah, we? let's move into our weekly challenge. So this last week we had Nate come up with an idea, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. We've done we've been doing some custom cards, but it was Nate's idea to do a custom hero with hero power, and he was thinking some vampires. Nate's in a bit of a vampire mood. So what could we get for the best custom hero with hero powers in the style of being a vampire? So we chose, th there was a few submissions, but we went with Laughing Frog, who submitted a card. And when I saw the name of this, I, I, I was already sold, basically. Like, you could not have picked a better name, Laughing Frog, because the card's <laughs> name is... It's Morbin time. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay, well, I guess I should read what it does. But so this card morbs or morphs <laughs> into a blood herald. And um, it's got a battle cry. Gain one armor for each friendly minion that dies while this is in your hand. So it doesn't have the set armor that the other hero cards have. 
you know, down in the bottom corner. This costs six mana, and it has three different hero powers that rotate. Hmm. Uh, like the a first Dr. one, Boom? yeah, yeah, Doctor Boom style, right? So you don't know which one you're gonna get. I don't know if it's gonna be random or if it's gonna go in order, but the first one is Shriek, which is two mana, deal two damage to all enemy minions. Wow kind of ridiculous if you're going in some sort of aggro deck and you manage to get to turn six i guess turn seven if you want to push the button but uh then the next one is two mana flame blast deal five damage randomly spit split among all enemies and the final two mana bloodthirsty lifesteal deal three damage so this is a bit of the blood uh reaver goldan we said we didn't really want to, you know, completely emulate what Blood Reaver Goldan does, but I feel like it's this on is, point. You know, it's it's, it's on point yeah. for a vampire it, thing. Yeah, it's on point, and it has other things that it does as well. So I think this was pretty cool. What do you guys think about this one? Oh well, gosh, someone who play it. <laughs> cares a lot about the art in uh, Hearthstone is one of the biggest draws for me. I really appreciate how for every hero power, uh, they all yeah. did like a different bat themed card art and just pulled yeah from that. i like how there's just, fiery bat there yeah it was super cool yeah and and i'm curious then about uh which came first of whether they saw the arts and were like ah we can make a hero power themed around that or you know looked for something that fit it well but like it just thematically it fits great together like the idea like morphing into different versions of a bat in order to have different powers i I like the fantasy i quite enjoy it as well i would play that oh i would play that in a heartbeat six mana wow that's uh that's cheap (laughs) but if it gets its fangs new you might not have a heartbeat oh actually i didn't think about it this is uh very green this is hunter is it not yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, so it's six mana, just like Beastalker Tavish or Deathstalker Rexar. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool. Well, congratulations, Laughing Frog. You are going to get two packs on us from the expansion of your choice. Now, we've got another challenge, just like we do each and every week. And this one's going to be a little bit Goliath themed. <laughs> so well, I, I, I was on Discord earlier and I was trying to find some like memes or whatever of of Goliath. And this one popped up of David and Goliath and David was bonking Goliath right between the eyes of little stone. And, <laughs> and, it, made me, and it totally propped oh, in my mind. We could do a Goliath themed challenge smallest minion to kill the biggest minion so what you need to do and obviously poison's gonna be a thing but i want the listeners to kill the biggest thing you can with the smallest thing you can and you can't do this against a friend you can't do this against innkeeper and probably not even in other solo content the best place that we want you to do this, the only place that we want you to do this is either on ladder, but if you do not want to tank your rank, you can do this in casual. Post your screenshots of your smallest minion killing the absolute biggest minion and 
post that screenshot in our weekly challenges channel in our Discord, and you will receive two Hearthstone packs on us and be immortalized in the Born to Be Wild Hall of Fame. Hooray! <laughs> All right. Were we doing bands or no bands? Um. So I I, I thought about that a little bit because there was a few cards we could ban, but you know what? I. Unless you guys got any good suggestions, I say it's all fair game. But what do you, what do you think? I I do think that the Dark Moon Rabbit, just because it it already it's a one one, it has, it rush has poison too. and it has rush. Yes, it's ten mana, but like it it it's got everything you need to just immediately bonk off the the biggest minion. There are different ways to give small minions poison or rush, etc. But like having it all just built into one card seems seems like it's a a a little little too easy especially since it's tutorable you know with like talon fair enough that was the only one i was concerned about as well so and just to clarify then so when we say that the smallest minion kills the biggest minion i think we should clarify so does the smallest minion have to kill the biggest minion on its own or is it we're just talking doing the killing blow no this is solo man this needs to like yeah it needs to solo it we we are talking the traditional like david and goliath uh situation so it 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 has to kill it by itself so no it can't get the last one to two damage in. it needs to take it out on its own and does it need to survive oh Uh, that's a good question i don't think it necessarily needs to survive I think it's okay for it to it, it, it to to die because hmm. otherwise that'd be that might be hard unless you want to give it divine shield <laughs> extra points if it survives. <laughs> there you go, extra points for it if it survives. I like that. Uh, if we're talking the smallest minion, then clearly, uh, well, no, if it dies because then it has zero health, so that's ultimately the smallest. If it's a zero, you kill it with a zero attack, zero health minion. <laughs> yeah, zero zero. Can't get any smaller. I love or it. if you make it overkill, so you have like negative twenty health. That's the smallest. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that was a really good question. Though I think extra points if it survives for sure. Bonus yeah, points right. there. Oh, we can do that. It has to go on its own. Yep. I, I love it. Right. I love it. I figured someone would probably ask that later in the week. So no, no, no. That's yeah. I know that's smart. Better, better to to good try clarification. To... Very cool. Best of luck to everybody who gives this a shot. Let's see if you can fell me. <laughs> oh gosh. Goliath is your final boss this week. <laughs> oh, all right. And knowledge Extra is power, so. You can beat him with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There was a card, right? It's called, was it called a small rock or something like that? And one of the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Be creative. Use your imaginations. Oh I think gosh. that was from like, uh, like Tess's the... Hero Power and the Monster Hunter solo. Yeah, yeah. Side. It was like the, one of the dungeon crawls or the, or the Monster yeah. Hunt or whatever. Yeah. Small <laughs> rock. Jeez, good times. All right, well... Um, that that is that is pretty much uh the show for us um however and now i mean i love that you brought this back (laughs) with nate wolf all right so we're talking about the shadowlands a little bit and just for just for funsies like if if uh goliath let me ask you if you were going to the shadowlands 
Um, which, uh, which zone would you want to end up in and, and why? Um, so I think that that depends on, uh, how high we're talking here, because I think that for someone just start, if you're just someone who is sent to any of the places that we started with, it's not necessarily the greatest because let's see if you're, if you're starting out as Kyrian, then you it's based Kyrian and Maldrax essentially start out as boot camps. Uh Arden Wields, you're sleeping in a seed the whole time. And uh for Revendreth, uh you are getting the uh, pride tortured out of you. <laughs> However, if we're talking about like, you know, so I'm I'm a bit of a higher ranked employee there or something. <laughs> um I do like as I said, I chose Revendreth partially because the aesthetic, but partially because I do really like that whole, you know, helping give people a second chance type of thing. And I mm-hmm. think that does synergize very well with me. My my character was a paladin, and it was like it seemed that that was the sort of thing that he would gravitate to. Um I say if not that, if I just like really wanted more of the restful afterlife type of thing, which is kind of my idea of the, you know, you do good in life, you work hard, and in the afterlife you get rewarded with rest, not with more hard work. So I would not <laughs> want to be a Kyrian. I would not want to go to Maldraxxus. Uh, we we're fighting for eternity. I would probably pick Ardenweald in that sense because it's, I, I kid you not, Ardenweald is sometimes like the zone, like, Everything is painted in like these deep blues and greens, and with the music, it's like perfect if you need something to help put you to sleep. Uh, <laughs> and like, which makes sense, they're all about hibernation there and everything, essentially. So, I'd say it would, uh, if I'm in an active mood, I'd say Revendreth. If I'm in a I just want to chill mood, I would pick Arden Wheel. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Hydra? You know, I'm just glad that we have someone here that could make an educated decision on where they would go because I would just pick the wrong place and probably just get like tortured and die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm gonna go to the void. That sounds nice, right? Right? Like, yeah, to yeah, the yeah void, that, sounds, that sounds nice and quiet and peaceful, right? It sounds pretty good to me. I'll, I'll go there. No. <laughs> <laughs> and remember there's infinite afterlife so it doesn't have to be one of the four you can't there, there's something that the arbiter would select that's just right for everybody uh like i'm sure uh, sheep would get sent to a, a very nice farm afterlife somewhere <laughs> yeah i mean if, if i had to choose based on you know the ones that we covered today i'd, I'd probably go to uh bastion so that I could hang out with the stewards. <laughs> yes. Of course, of course. <laughs> I that was a good choice. Good choice. Yes, I know. You, you do get the constantly staying out with them. Like they, they, they're your your personal buddies, your assistants all the time, and everything. They even play music for you. Yeah, there's ones with like little flutes and everything. Sheep's geeking out it's, over it's there. It's the perfect afterlife. Like, <laughs> yeah. You even said the buddy word. It's great. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> uh huh. And you get some, you get some cool wings. If you're okay with turning blue, you get some cool wings. Daba dee, daba die. Wiser words were never spoken. (laughs) And you heard that on Born to Be Wild. Wild. (laughs) Blue to be wild. 
Hey. <laughs> yeah, I guess Blue Train would be a perfect Kieran. He's already blue, right? <laughs> the uh, the the Emerald Dream sounds pretty nice. Not gonna lie, it really does. I, I mean, I just had to be on brand and go with Bastion so I could hang out with the stewards. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. New tribe win. <laughs> <laughs>